Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. On Blog Talk Radio. This show is a collaboration between five women and spirit or universe, all brought to you by www.mindbodyspiritu.com. That's the letter U. There are weekly shows on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, two Wednesdays a month at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and two Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, covering topics about all things healing, spiritual, metaphysical, and we even throw in a bit of science. Many of our shows include time for you to ask for assistance on your journey, and you will be able to experience some amazing healing modalities and receive guidance authentic spiritual guidance right here right now many are aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our mind bodies and spirit and that's exactly what we are here to discuss so please join us in the spiral of life and together we will learn grow and heal Now let's get started with today's show. Hi everyone and welcome to the Holistic Health Hour with me, Certified Holistic Life Strategies Coach. Uh, My name is Aleka Thorvalson and this is a show that looks at health in a whole new way. So what that means is that we're going to look at health and wellness from a mind, body, spirit, and soul perspective. And it's my intention to create a new kind of dialogue about our health and about our bodies that empower us to make real changes from the inside out. And a quick note, I'm here, right, but tonight's show is taped, meaning it's a brand new show, but I won't be taking live callers tonight, partly because as I was getting ready for the show and realized um, how much information I wanted to share with y'all, I realized that I don't have time. Um, but I will be here in the chat room. I will be manning the phones. If you feel like calling in, you can certainly talk to me. But the show will be, um, I will be playing it soon. Um, and, you know, always feel free, free to uh, contact any of us here at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. And we certainly welcome feedback. I do. If you have anything you'd like to share, you can get in touch with me about my work, um, show ideas, scheduling appointments, that kind of thing, you can always find me at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. That's the letter U. There's tons of great information there, actually. So if you haven't got a chance to um, pop on over to Mind, Body, Spirit, You, and we, um, you can see everything that's offered. There's lots of different teachers and lots of different, um, we have lectures and classes and e-books and all kinds of other cool stuff. So check it out. Um, Tonight's show is a great show. It is going to be all about affirmations. And what's the truth about affirmations? I hear a lot about affirmations. Um, I hear a lot of people using them and questioning them and wondering if they work. 
So tonight's show is all about that. I think a lot of the information that I'm going to be bringing to you will probably surprise you. Maybe some information that um, you may not you may not be aware of about affirmations, and maybe it might answer some questions about why they may not be working for you and how they can. So, with no further ado, thanks for listening, and here's tonight's show. Welcome, everyone, to tonight's show. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be jam-packed with information, so um, you may have to listen quickly. And um, I always seem to do this. It's rather funny that I have a topic, um, and then I start kind of brainstorming a rough outline on what I want to say and what comes up, and I realize I have so much to say. Um, And tonight is one of those shows. Um, There's so much here that I'm going to have to be brief at times where I probably would like to expand um, and explain, but I guess we'll just go with the fact that we have plenty more shows, right? Um, So tonight's show is all about affirmations. Affirmations, um, big buzzword. What are they? What are affirmations? Um, And probably more importantly than that question, do they work? Um, And if they do work, how can we best utilize them as tools to make real changes in our lives? And we are going to go there, I promise. We are going to talk all about affirmations. But before I do that, I need to... um, I need to give you some background. I need to set the stage because we need to look at, you know, some some sort of points that help us to understand just how and why you affirmations work. So to do that, we gotta we gotta look at a little bit about how we create our experience of reality, how how we can make changes. Um, And the first point to understanding, you know, just how we create reality, which is no small task, right? I mean, I'm jumping into the deep end of the pool, like, yeah, we're just going to be talking about how we create reality, right? Big stuff. I get it. Uh, But let's, let's, let's just go there because it's important to this topic, I promise. So how do we do this? How do we create our own unique experience of reality? And we need to point that out really first. We all create our own unique experience of reality. We manifest or attract meaning, right? Manifest or attract. These are two huge other metaphysical buzzwords that we we hear a lot about. But what do those two words mean? It means that we are co-creators of our life experience. And if you know those words, manifest or attract, then you must know the um, very popular movie, The Secret. Right. It came out a few years ago, insanely popular. Um, the the movie really made these concepts like manifesting, law of attraction, that kind of stuff, super popular, maybe even trendy, right? We hear it a lot these days. And The Secret was a great movie in many ways. Um, it opened up our eyes to realities that were bigger than ourselves. It gave us the the insight that we really aren't just sort of feathers, you know, blowing in the wind of fate but that we do have real power to influence our destiny. Um, It revealed that we, we are or we need to be accountable for what's showing up in our life, for the conditions of our life, which is really great news because if we are part of the problem, meaning if we have a hand in what we're going through, then we can also be part of the solution. So this is this that's actually really good news. You know, we're the problem, but that also means that we 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 are the solution. 
So it means that we have creative power. We are empowered in our life experience. Um, I do have to point out, though, that the movie really left out a very critical truth. And that truth being that we do not co-create our experience, right? We do not co-create our lives based on what we want, right? We We base it on what we believe. That's a critical point that we're, and we're, you might be thinking now affirmations, oh, that's important, right? What we believe we deserve or what we believe about ourselves is, is what shows up. So we do not create from this level of thought, but from belief. Let me give you an example of this maybe to help you. Um, maybe you want a new car, maybe a super fancy one. I think The Secret actually did that, right? Didn't they mention cars? And they 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 did kind of focus on some um, some of the more material stuff. But you know, The Secret they they did talk about that. Now you want a new car? That's cool. Do you believe you deserve one, or could there be a belief of lack somewhere in your mind? And I mean, I I have to point out that even saying I need something implies a place of lack. And I know that's a touchy point. We're not going to get too far into that one. But the point is, somewhere down deep, you may want a new car, right? I want a new car. But somewhere down deep, there could be a thread, right, a sense of unworthiness. There could be beliefs around guilt or even its more sinister cousin, right, shame. In fact, you may want a new car, but if there is a limiting belief blocking you in that, then it won't show up. Now, I'm not even now this is this could open up a whole can of worms right here. See, I want to deviate, but I'm not I'm not I'm sticking to the plan. Um I'm not going to even get into the concept of differentiating like you know, ego intentions or ego prayers um, from soul intention here. That That's another show. And a new car could or could not fall into both categories, kind of depending on the criteria. It's, it's all about intention, not action. So it's more about intention of wanting that new car. But the point is I, I want to make is that so often, right, there's a misalignment between what we want, maybe better health, maybe more abundance in our lives, maybe better relationships, and there is a belief that is keeping us from experiencing it. So the law of attraction, which is, you know, manifesting, in other words, and the law, I like to call it co-creation, works. It definitely works. So co-creation, law of attraction, manifesting, it works. But we have to understand that we create from our belief system rather than what we consciously, quote-unquote, want. And that, or what we think we want, I should say. And that's super important because our belief system are typically the ones, the unconscious stuff running underneath the consciousness that we experience, right? So we're going to get into that deeply, the unconscious consciousness, because we got to go there. we got to talk about it if we're going to understand this, this whole point of affirmations. But I want to really focus on that first, right? That's point number one. We create from a level of belief, not of a level of thought. Now, let's go deeper into the experience of creating our reality. We're going deep into this. 
we to to understand why we are experiencing what we're experiencing, why our life is the way it is to a large extent, not all of it, but to a large extent. There's based on certain principles, and one of these is something called the law of resonance. What is that? Well, we know that everything is energy, right? Everything is energy vibrating at a specific speed um, or frequency. Thank you, Einstein, you know, for talking about that, and many other teachers after that um, and scientists that have really helped solidify the fact that everything is energy. So using that or, or, or based on that, expanding on that, is the law of resonance that states that an object vibrates at a certain rate of vibration, right? Every, now, as an object vibrates at this certain rate of vibration, everything in its vicinity that has the same vibration dorm, as a dormant possibility will also start vibrating at that same frequency. Right, so what What I just say? Let me give you an example because I think it will help. Um, if you know what a tuning fork is, if if you start a tuning fork, right, kind of tap it um, on a wooden base in one end of the room, and you have a similar tuning tuning fork somewhere else in the room, the tuning fork that you did not touch will start by itself to resonate that same frequency as the first tuning fork. It it is sparked into reaction by the first tuning fork, even without touching it. Fascinating stuff. But this energy can do that, right? Energy, it works at a very minute level. So what the heck does that have to do with all of us? Well, remember that we, too, are energy. So we are energy, too. We are built up of this energy uh, vibrating at different frequencies as well. So in terms of human receptivity, how that relates to us is that if somebody has a quality or issue that we, to some degree, have ourselves, maybe deeply buried in our unconscious, then we will resonate with that person. So if you've ever had the experience of feeling pretty good about yourself and then running into someone that is really down or sad or tells you a sad story, and then all of a sudden you leave that conversation and you feel kind of down, there, in essence, what can happen based on this law of resonance is that their sad note caused our own sad, quote, note, right, musical note, to be activated. So this is, the law of resonance is actually the sort of metaphysical definition for the psychological concept of what we call projection, right? It means that if it's out there, then it must be in here somewhere. And if it's in it, you know, it means that what we, if we want to take a look at the condition of your mind, take a look at the condition of your life because there's this mirroring effect that happens. So if you see, if you look out on your life and you, you say, oh, I don't have enough money or I need, I need to attract abundance in my life, then if you see lack in your life out there, then that means you have to look inward to find the belief that resonates that tone of lack within you, the beliefs that, that show up. And we're, we're going to, that's important to recognize. You know, our beliefs, by the way, just as an aside, is 
the, all the conditioning, all the, the, the ways in which we were programmed to believe as we grow up, you know, and that is really based on the conditioning of our parents. It's based on just, just how we grew up, the families we grew up in, the society we grew up in, the experiences that we grew up in. It all creates this sort of belief system and the way of seeing the world that translates what we see. So, how does this all fit into affirmations? Soon, we're going to go there, but we're almost there. I have to um, start here. The first one was Law of Resonance. We went into that, sort of worked through it. Now let's talk about filtering. Right? What, what, is, what is filtering or perception? So to go there, I need to mention um, the, the conscious and subconscious mind. I said I was going to do this earlier. And I'm not going to dive too deeply in it because this is another playground for me. Um, but I, and I'm also not going to differentiate between the unconscious and the subconscious today because there is a difference and it is subtle but important, but that's, that's going to be too much. So let's just start with conscious mind, unconscious mind. What is it? So. The function, um, well, let's go here first. Let me, let me start with this. Um, to differentiate between the conscious and the subconscious mind, I, I really like to use the metaphor of the iceberg. And you may have heard this. You may have likely heard this one before, especially if you're into this sort of thing that we're talking about today. But when you see an iceberg in the water, you know that you were only seeing part of it, right? You know that. We, we understand that we see the iceberg, there's this tip of the iceberg, but underneath the water, there's this huge part that we don't even know is there. We can't see it with our conscious mind, but we know it's there. That's what I wanted to say. So we can't see it, but it's there. You know that. Um, a Titanic proved that to us, right? That there is a large part of the iceberg under the water. Now, the tip of the iceberg, what you can see sort of is a, great, is a great metaphor for our conscious mind. And what you can't see is the unconscious mind. Got that? Yeah. So the function of our unconscious mind, by the way, is vast and vital for life. Because our unconscious mind operates on the biological principle of safety first. In fact, the majority of our life systems, our biological systems, operate on keep this thing, this organism, this living being alive, right? So safety first. So we gotta keep the machine, the body, running at all times. So the unconscious mind regulates all the systems of the body. It keeps them in harmony with each other. It controls the heart rate. It controls the blood pressure, controls digestion, the endocrine system, the nervous system, right? Those are some of its natural automatic duties. And it does that outside of our conscious control because quite honestly, we don't have the time or the energy to be worrying about how to digest our food and, and um, we're, we're busy directing our lives. We do not need to remind our hearts to beat and we don't need to remind our, our stomach or our digestive tract to digest our food. So in a, in a very real way, our subconscious mind is like the computer operating system in your computer. What's operating behind the scenes? Well, our conscious mind is what we see on the screen, but we, we, we know that there's all kinds of stuff running behind the scenes. So that's, that should give you an idea about the this sort of dynamic difference between 
conscious mind, unconscious mind. And subconscious is part of unconscious. We're not going there, but you get it. Okay. So the point is we constantly and have constantly programmed and are programming our subconscious mind without even knowing we're doing it. And this is super important because the you know the the unconscious mind holds all awareness that is presently not in our conscious mind so it's our past some would say even our past lives it holds the subconscious mind can hold our memories our conditioning the experiences the feelings and the other important information we are exposed to so this is the house of our belief system our thought patterns all that stuff. This is all part of the unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind holds vastly more data than the conscious mind. The, um, we, it's, it, you know, it varies. I've, I've read different reports of how much each does. But I think I've heard 400 bits, billion bits of information, right, per second. That's how fast it goes in the subconscious mind, about 4 billion bits of information per second compared to 40 bits of the conscious mind. Right? That's, that's a lot of information that the unconscious mind holds versus the conscious mind. And it, the impulses of the unconscious mind travel at, at a much higher rate of speed, at about 100,000 miles an hour, compared to our conscious mind that only goes at about 100 and 150 miles an hour. So we start to see from that data how easy it is to understand that our beliefs are what is putting energy into the system to animate that field, right, to create our experience of reality. So the, un- the conscious mind, like the part of the iceberg above the surface, is really a small portion of the whole being. Now, the conscious mind is, is associated with thinking, analyzing, and making judgments and decisions. It's what we typically would call our quote-unquote mind, you know. The conscious mind is actively sorting and filtering its perceptions because only so much information can reside in consciousness at once. If I said, what are you thinking about? That's your conscious mind. If, you, if I ask you to describe this room you're in, that's your conscious mind. It's what you're perceiving. So um, only seven bits of information, plus or minus two, can be held consciously at one time. Yeah, everything else falls back below the waterline into unconsciousness. So this is this is an important piece to really understand when we're talking about, you know, the validate or the validity, I should say, of affirmations. And what our mind decides to keep in our consciousness, right? What our conscious mind to decides to animate or make make known to us and what to store, what information to store because again, we have tons and tons of information coming to us at all different times. But it has to be filtered. It has to be put somewhere. It has to be made sense of. So our filters are are part of how this information that we we get all the time is sort of, of processed. So whether it becomes conscious or whether it goes into the unconscious, this information that we're getting, is through the act of filtering. And our filters are totally unique to us, by the way. Your filter, which is why we don't see the same reality, because my filter is different than your filter. 
but they they do have one thing in common. Again, we have to go back to that, what did I say earlier? It's that whole biological principle, safety first, keep the organism alive. Staying alive is important to ourselves, right? So it's important to our psyche. It's, it's what it does. So fear, or our survival instinct, right? The gift of fear is survival instinct. Without fear, we wouldn't survive as, a, as an individual organism, organism, that's Freudian, let alone a species. So um, how fear is our number one filter. That's going to be our most important filter. And how does filtering work? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's say you were bitten by a dog when you were younger and you have that memory stored, right, in your unconscious mind. That's going to be a kind of memory that's not in your conscious awareness all the time, unless it was very memorable, in which maybe it is. But we're talking about maybe one that you were bitten by a dog when you were younger. It was a pretty traumatic experience. You don't think about it every moment of all the time. So it's in your subconscious. Um, how... What what happens with that? Well, say I said, hey, let's meet at a park. And we meet at this park, and there are dogs around. And we would likely have a very different perception of the same experience or the same park. I, the person with no dog attack memory, I don't have one, right, in my subconscious or unconscious mind, I probably wouldn't even notice the dogs. And I might actually have a memory that's in my unconscious mind that's that's positive about dogs. So I might be like, oh, there's so many fun, happy dogs around here. But I, I also may not notice the dogs much at all. Or I might notice the trees. I might notice the, the kids. Um, it would depend on my particular filter. And you, person with the dog issue, might, might see dogs everywhere. That might be what you see first when you walk into that experience. And you might even get body sensations of a fear response like heart racing. You might be alert, um, ready. You might even feel some of that sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system sort of starting to activate. You might start feeling that flight or fight response coming up. Even though there's no significant or immediate danger to the dogs, the dogs are just playing. Let's say they're just, uh, in, or they're maybe even just running around. No one, there's no dog threatening you. So you can understand that through these filters, that's kind of just a, a real, you know, basic um, representation of that. But the the filter that you have is in place. Like if you have a filter of, oh, dogs are scary, or belief system, right? Dogs are scary. Dogs are dangerous. Then that filter is in place, and this that's all, That's what you're going to see. You know, your consciousness is going to filter out the other data to say, oh, there's dogs. Watch out. Be careful. So that's that's what you see. That's your experience of that reality. You may have a very different experience of that park then. <gasps> that dog is, or I'm sorry, that park is such a scary place. It's so full of dogs where I'm thinking, really? What dogs? Okay, so that's how filters work. This is the basis of stuff like post-traumatic stress disorder, this is the basis for trauma memories. It's also how we can rectify those things. It's how we can um, work through PTSD and really healing trauma is to understand that they're based on filters. And our filters 
really can become so finely tuned that kind of like what I was describing, it was a little dramatic, I know, but and not to some maybe, you know, in, in the example that I gave you, that our filters can become so finely tuned that they begin to see danger where there really isn't any danger present. There were no dogs attacking you. But that's an old memory coming up into the present time. So, you know, you might understand then why we can really perceive a very different reality than others based on our own unique filters. So you could see the world as a very scary place, meaning if you have a deep imprint of trauma, specifically maybe trauma with a certain type, maybe trauma with men, then when you walk into a room, you will see danger. Where you, where is there danger? That's the question. And that's where we have to start learning how to challenge our filters and challenge these beliefs so we can really start to perhaps create a new filter of our reality. Because we have, you know, as I said before, you know, there weren't, the dogs weren't attacking you in the park, but you might perceive them. And if I were to say, but there weren't, were the dogs attacking you? Were they, you could step back and go, oh, maybe, maybe they weren't. Maybe that's an old fear coming through. So we want to always question that, you know, when our fear arises. Now, moving forward, um, we literally have file folders of data stored in our unconscious that we filter energy through that creates pictures of reality. Almost like when you have a light behind um, a hand, you know, and you put your hand up and you're making like shadow puppets, you can change the filter and you will see a different picture there. It's very much like that. The energy of, of creation moves through energy, you know, moves through that filter and then that is what you experience. Now about the file folders, because I like to envision them. I am a very visual person. Many of, I use a lot of metaphor, you know, when I'm teaching and examples because it helps me to sort of wrap my brain around it. Um, now, we, so we literally have these file folders of data stored in our, in our unconscious mind. And uh, understand there is a systematic way in which we, we store information. So number, point number one is we store it. Point number two is how do we store it? At the top of these file folders are the more positive memories that we have. These, why? Well, there's a few different reasons. Um, however, one of them is the positive memories tend to be more light energetically. Fear is a very dense energy. So these, they just sort of float to the top. These are the ones that are just up there. The fear-based data, right, the fear-based beliefs, memories, feelings, all of that, are much denser, so they tend to fall towards the bottom of the file. And it, not to mention, we don't technically like to see them, so we like to put them below other things. It's sort of like hiding the stuff we don't want to see in a stack of paper. Now the bills, yeah, I'm just going to put them under here, and I'm going to put all the, the good stuff on the top. The magazines are at the top, right? So that kind of thing. Um, and by the way, that is the basis of why denial is actually even possible. Because we can literally stuff these files, you know, the bad stuff, the stuff we don't, I don't want to say even bad because that, that's a judgment, the stuff that we perceive as bad, 
at the very bottom of the file. We stuff it so, so down deep that we're looking at our desk going, yeah, no bills here. I don't see any bills, right? All I see is the, the magazines on the top and the nice papers and the, oh, here's a newspaper, no bills. Denial. Okay, so denial is possible as a, as a psychological fact because sometimes we can stuff it so deeply in our unconscious that we don't even know that it's there. It's important. So we, this, is what, this is the piece that I want to bring in, though. Um, we must not forget that the buried stuff is there. And this is super important. So just because it's not, we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means we don't see it. And why is that so important? Because what we know with what I was saying earlier, we animate from the level of belief. The stuff that is hidden is precisely the stuff that is running the show. Remember, we co-create what we believe, not what we want. You know, we want the magazines on the top of the file. We don't want to look at the bills, but the bills are there. They're our belief system. We co-create from the bottom of the file, not the top. It's an important piece to remember, especially when we start talking about affirmations, because we're going to soon. I'm going to bring it all together here. Um, the, we, the fact is, affirmations used in the way that they're commonly kind of prescribed these days, and I think we all kind of know what that is, saying, you know, positive things, um, positive affirmations, positive thoughts, are totally ineffective um, at best. If they're used in the way that they're commonly prescribed, they're not ineffective. We're going to get into that. However, we got to go deeper with this concept before we can understand how they're really helpful. Now, they're ineffective at best, but in a minute, you might even see that they're counterproductive, you know, as well. And, and that, that's, of course, where we want to go because we don't want to be counterproductive in our healing process. We don't want to create more of what we don't want, which can happen if we're not using affirmations in the way that we really want to or the, or the way in which they're really effective, I should say. Affirmations, the way we typically use them, are focused on the top of the iceberg. Remember that? On the conscious mind. We know that the conscious mind has very little creation power in our lives. You know, because we already have talked about that the subconscious is the thing that's really running the show. That's the programming underneath. That's what shows up on the screen. So, for example, you could be thinking of wonderful, positive things, a lovely affirmation, affirmation. I'm amazing, abundance is flowing to me. But no matter how you direct your surface thoughts to be happy, Right? I'm happy, I'm happy. If you do not access and change the beliefs at the core, at the bottom of the file, it's just smoke and mirrors. You know, if we if you want to say, Oh, I don't I mean I'm good, I don't owe anybody any money because all the bills are at the bottom of the pile, that doesn't mean you don't owe anybody any money and that you're you're full of abundance. It means you need to get to the bottom of the of the pile and start dealing with what's really there. So Let's say, let's, let's take an example. Um, say you're struggling with weight. That's a really common one. I hear that a lot, partly because I work a lot with people with weight and food and health issues, but also because it's, it's huge, right? How many people have that affirmation? So a common affirmation used for this might be, I am light and free, or other, some other such variation on that. Um, because we know that, you know, with, with affirmations, the way they're commonly taught, you want to use a very present tense um, ideology. I am light and free. Now, 
think about this. Every time we say that affirmation, what we're going to do, I am light and free, we are triggering the weight file, right, that file that talks about body weight. We're going to trigger that file folder. We're going to animate it. We're going to put energy into that. We're going to put focus. So we're bringing it into our conscious mind. We're going to trigger the weight file in our mind. We energetically activate it just by thinking about it. So what might be deeply buried at the bottom of that rather thick file? Because we know that if you are using an affirmation for weight, you probably have an issue with weight, right? So I would imagine that that file on weight or body weight um, is relatively thick. So what's at the bottom of that file? What are you hiding? What thoughts and beliefs, memories and feelings are maybe unconsciously present in that file? Off the top of my head, maybe some shame, maybe some judgment, maybe some anger, maybe some sadness, maybe some insecurity. So maybe even some memories of abandonment, trauma, some abuse in there, right? Betrayal. This is all related to that that part of us, self-worth, weight, right? This file is big. It's going to have all kinds of stuff in there. You know, memories of eating and not being able to stop or shame or being teased. I mean, it's all in there. This is critical to note because these feelings, these thoughts, these memories, these beliefs get triggered every time we say that seemingly positive affirmation, I am light and free. Right? So the accompanying, so we say the affirmation, I am light and free. And then the, the we animate it. And we animate from the bottom up. So the accompanying Fear and doubt and trauma and judgment gets animated and, er- and energized every time we say that affirmation. So the positive affirmation, I am light and free, could in actuality be a way of activating, asserting, and straightening, strengthening exactly what we do not want, which is the exact opposite of the effect we are trying to achieve. And that, I, I, I mean, this is why I'm so passionate about this particular topic, because you know, the way in which we're teaching affirmations isn't helpful in most cases. Not in all cases, but in most cases. And there's a new way of using them that is, and we're going to get to that, but I just wanted to make that very clear that oftentimes they can be totally counterproductive. Now, we're going to use this this kind of file folder animating thing um, principle that I'm talking to you about here to our advantage in a second. And I'm going to tell you how, but for now, know that consciously repeating affirmations isn't effective unless we believe it at the bottom of the file. You know, affirmations work when we believe them, not just when we want them. Because very often, I mean, at times, we, we can use affirmations as reverse psychology for the psyche. We can also use them as a way, I see this a lot, right? And if anyone has followed my work, you know that I'm passionate about this piece, that we can use, not just affirmations, but we do use them as a way to bypass, right? As a way to repress or deny real feelings coming up. Well, if I just think positive, then I won't have to deal with the pain I feel. If I just think positive, then I don't have to do any, I don't have to kind of excavate the bottom of that file. I'll just, I'll just, change, just change my thought process about it. And now, there's two pieces about that that I want to bring up. One, it's ineffective. It doesn't work. Um, we, we can't. We can't cover up 
parts of ourselves. It, it, it will keep arising. It's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound or turning off the fire alarm when there's a fire. It doesn't work, first of all. It keeps coming up. Second of all, when we bypass our feelings, we we bypass a really important informational system that is innate and powerful and important to our, our healing. Because our feelings have the information and wisdom to give us the specific insight and energy for healing conditions and, and changing our lives. I mean, feelings are the things that can really give us the you know understanding it can give us the wisdom that what we need to do and how we need to handle a specific situation um and i'm definitely going to do a show on um, feelings because they're so so important and how to utilize them um they they really are you know i mean there's certain things logic is great our intelligence or our iq is great for certain things like um, you know, writing papers and writing bills and organizing data. But when it comes to the questions like love and life purpose and what am I supposed to do next and, you know, the, the major questions, they're not logical. We cannot get the answers to those questions from a logical place. We've got to go into feelings. So when we use affirmations as a way to bypass our feelings, we, we really bypass a, a super important um, in, information or instructions that are needed to answer the very questions that we're asking or using the affirmations to heal. So they often, they can negate the truth, and, and that's important. They, affirmations can often try to tell us or, you know, us tell ourselves how to feel instead of allowing ourselves to feel the way that we feel. And the truth is our psyche wants us to be authentic, not positive. It wants us to be real. That is, that is the only way true healing can happen. True anything can happen is to be where we are. That is a vital first step in all healing. We cannot heal what we cannot feel. That is so important. So sometimes when we use affirmations, it, it, we miss that step as well. So, and because I'm a data kind of gal, I, I wanted to support, I wanted to like give some science behind this. Um, because the truth is, you know, studies show that um, studies show that people with low self-esteem that did positive affirmations actually felt worse about themselves, right? Which is what I was saying before. Um, you know that if we keep if we don't feel good about ourselves, what's the what's at the bottom of the self-esteem folder? Not so good stuff, right? So we keep saying these positive affirmations, and it makes us feel worse. Yeah, because we're activating that file. We're activating the bottom part of the file, and we change our whole reality to see more of that, and then we feel worse. So not good. Um, and, and ultimately, we're activating feelings of unworthiness, feelings of insecurity, feelings, and that those feelings arise, and we don't feel better. So that's important. Um, so studies show that people with low self-esteem that did positive affirmations felt worse about themselves. Now, and if they had high self-esteem, the results were very, very moderate. Um, research also shows that if one who feels good and bad thoughts about themselves, meaning honesty, truth, and they used they used and accepted and utilized those feelings appropriately, they actually felt better than those positive affirmation thinkers. So here we go, right? Studies show that if you're honest with yourself, if you're real, 
you'll actually feel better in the long run than if you use affirmations in the way that they're described. So, I and I also have to give my aside because I just think it's true that because of what The Secret did and how many people watched The Secret and how many people probably used affirmations after that, that there would be, considering how many people watched The Secret, and I don't know how many people did, but it was, I'm sure it's astounding, the numbers, we'd have a heck of a lot more millionaires with fancy cars in the world and than we do now. And judging by this sort of collective experience with money these days, that's not showing up, right? So I am kind of thinking that the those, maybe that movie did um, in some ways, and I don't want to bash it too much, honestly, because there were some great points about it. But this particular point, I'm going for it, you know, um, is that I think in some ways I did the exact opposite of what was intended. So let's go to the remedy. You know, let's go to the healing of it. Um, so our current understanding is a bit off the mark. Can we all disagree with that? That, you know, affirmations and the way that we're using them don't work. They're, they're, they can be pretty ineffective in, in the way that we're using them. Does this mean that they can't be helpful at all? No, absolutely not. Affirmations are amazing, and they can be helpful in two ways. One, if they're true, meaning if they are true that you believe them, then the file is clear, and you will animate that, and you will create that. It's, it's a statement of creation. The second way that they can be really ineffective is if we don't believe them at all. Yep, let me explain that because it might be confusing. The way we can actually use them in a, in a really important way is we can use them to clean out our file folders in, the, in our minds. They can be used to sort of dredge up this unconscious stuff, the bills that we put at the bottom of the file, right? They can be used to access this unconscious data that we don't even know is there. They can be used to show us what is under the iceberg. They can be used to show us the beliefs that need to be, the beliefs that are in question, the beliefs that we must learn to transform. So then we can really affect change in our lives. We gotta change at the level of belief, remember? So we can really use our affirmations to be able to get to the bottom of that file, to excavate down through that. And, and the cool thing is this, think about it. When we clear out, when we clean out, when we change, when we address those beliefs at the bottom of the file, when we have cleared out all the stuff that is less than positive in our file, if we clear out all the fear, what is left? Right? If, if, if love, if positivity if, is left in our file, then there's no other way to be. And when we use the affirmation, we use it, now it's a catalyst for change. Now we create a different reality. Now we've really changed our life. So we can really use affirmations to flush out the hidden parts in our files that way we may be unconsciously aware of at this point. So, you know, that's important. It can bring our unconscious parts into Consciousness. If we're using sort of a Jungian way of looking at it, it can bring our shadow into the light. We can reclaim lost parts of ourselves. And then when we, when we create from a level of belief, the belief is no longer there. The belief has been transformed to not one of lack but one of abundance. Okay, But we've got to go there first. Um, so the power of affirmation does not lie in this sort of rearranging of words around a thought 
but rather about uncovering a belief at its core. Kind of like, you know, we have to go to the root to find out whether the tree is sick. We have to go within to change what is showing up on the outside. So without that step, an affirmation is something we simply pretend or wish was true. Then the real gift of affirmation comes when we use them to bring deeply held beliefs and feelings to the surface of our conscious awareness. Now, I bet you guys are all asking, well, how do I do that? Right? And I'm going to give you a little sort of outline to it, but I do, before I do, it, there, is a, there are other ways to do it. This is the way I do it with my clients, and this is, it can be an important tool, but I've got to give you this sort of like warning. Um, I'm going to give you the quick summary, but I'm, I'm going to give you some suggest, suggestions first. When you do this work, be gentle. Be gentle with yourself and be cautious. Because this work has, I mean, we're talking about like, whoop, we're going to the bottom of the file quickly. Make sure it's, if you can do it with someone else, I would highly recommend that. Someone that you feel you, you, you are safe with, that you feel you can be vulnerable with, that you can be open with, that you have, that has strong boundaries. Um, because with this work, two things can happen. It's very easy to go unconscious. It, because we're kind of tracking some of our deepest pain that we've buried, it's very difficult unless we have someone there to kind of help us to, to sort of navigate our way through us, to keep us on track, that we can easily go into this unconscious, confused state. Um, it, can, it can bring up some, some issues for us. So I would, I would really recommend that you do this work with someone. At the very least, write it down, because when you write it down, you have a tendency to stay more present, more um, on task, more focused. You have, a, you have a less confused place. Now, confusion, again, is that place that we go when things, um, it's sort of an in-between feeling state. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling that, I'm not feeling that, I'm just confused. So, and I will tell you that if it's very deep, if the stuff that you're working with is very pronounced, if you're working with some serious trauma, please find someone to do this with that knows that kind of work because it really can bring up some, it can bring up body sensations, it can bring up memories, it can bring up stuff that you're like, whoa, I didn't know that was there. So find someone that you trust. Find someone you trust. And, um, as, you know, as a, as a shout-out, a lot of us here at Mind, Body, Spirit, you do that kind of work, and I specifically work with this stuff. Um, that's just how I work. So be happy to help you with that. Because the feelings are going to emerge, as we said. The feelings are the stuff that's down there. It's attached to the memories. That's the energy that's holding it in place. So, you know, know that the feelings are going to come up. And, and so having someone there that's, that's familiar with how to use feelings and work through feelings can be really helpful. Because sometimes the feelings can come up and they can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, Okay, so let let me give you just a brief synopsis, and then you can kind of go into it. Now, I want to also give a shout-out to this work that I'm talking about. I learned from um, various people, but this particular exercise is from a man named Dr. Michael Rice, um, who I thought, this is fantastic, right? This is a whole new way of looking at affirmations that I was like, why aren't they working, and this is why. Other other teachers, of course, that I've, I've learned from, but this particular exercise, i got to give a shout-out to him. Um, Dr. Michael Rice, let's let's go further. What what is this exercise? I am light in mind and body. Let's use that one, right? I am light and free in mind and body. That that sounds like a good one. And maybe we're working on weight because that seems like a weight one. 
Um, I mean, it can be any of them. Obviously, we can work on abundance if that's what you want to do, money, whatever. But, okay, wherever your issue is in your life and you feel like you would like to have an affirmation about, go with that. So let's talk about weight, and we'll use I am light and free in mind and body. All right. So what I want you to do is I want you to sit, and I want you to say that to yourself. I am light and free in mind and body. Imagine yourself as light. And what is the first thing? What is the what is what comes up when you say that out loud? What comes up when you think that? If this is a working affirmation, meaning you don't believe it, which is likely true if you have a weight issue, then your first thought is going to be no way, BS, right? Belief system. I am huge and enormous. I am the opposite of light and free. I'm huge and I'm trapped. Ooh. Because that's what comes up, right? If you, if you were to say that to yourself and you don't believe it, no, you don't believe it. I don't believe that at all. I'm huge and I'm now we're getting into what you really believe. So this is important terrain. So here is where you need to go deeper, right? Feelings, memories attached to this stuff. There's probably a story here, right? So what, what is it? What's the story? Burn it off. I'm huge and enormous. Why? Where did you feel that way? When did you feel that way? Who said that to you? These are really, how long have you felt that way? How old do you feel right now? These are important questions to start asking yourself to burn off the emotion. So maybe, you know, this is sort of your response. No way. I am not light and free. I am fat and I am angry. I remember being judged about the way that I looked from the time I can remember. Maybe it's, I was always told how overweight I was. And uh, my parents said it. My peers said it. I never felt accepted for who I was. Hmm. So then what we do after, and again, this is a very, that's two sentences. This, this process, I would implore you, needs to be longer. There's more to burn off, but I'm just giving you kind of an example. Okay. So now we write a new affirmation based on what came up. And what the, what the, the piece that I'm looking at in, in, the, in the part that I just said, it's going to be different for every, everyone, but I really felt they never accepted me for who I was. That's important. That, that's a belief that's low, that's, that's at the bottom of the file there, right? So we write a new affirmation based on that. When I was a child, I, or I am totally accepted. I am totally accepted. People accept me. I am accepted. Check in. Do you feel accepted? Right? What is your energy about that? What, what comes up when you say that? And then maybe it's BS. Nobody accepts me. I do not feel accepted. I was not allowed to do what I wanted to do. I'm never allowed to do what I wanted to do. I'm hurt. I'm, I, I was not allowed to be who I wanted to be. And I don't feel I'm allowed to be. I can't be who I am now. I feel judged all the time. I, I feel held to a specific standard of, of which I felt I never fit in. And so now we're really noticing, right, the conditioning that's coming up. So now we create another affirmation based on that. I was and I'm allowed to be perfect just the way I am. We check in again and we see what comes up. And when I do this process with people, I have to tell you, sometimes I have a page and a half, two pages, where we go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the story. We go deeper into that file. We, we, and we go places, right, where this thing is about weight, and that's not a, we're, we're going down tangents. We're, 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 we're going back into past memories. We're releasing. We're forgiving because I bring in all the work to the work that I do. We're, we're looking at how we're now owning the story that someone gave us. You know, like, you know, when 
not feeling accepted as a child, but then realizing that we're not accepting ourselves. There's so much good stuff that comes from this work. But we keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until we get to that affirmation where there is little story or emotion left, where when you hear it, you go, I can own that. I believe that. When we get to that point, we stop. And we make note of that affirmation. And that becomes the affirmation that we use because we believe it. There's no doubt creeping in. There's no BS meter going off. And then we can use it like any other affirmation. We can start saying that. When we stop having an emotional charge about it, when our file is clear, then our affirmation becomes a creative statement. And it becomes in line with our unlimited self. And it becomes our new reality. And then it works because we believe it. And what you're going to find is that the affirmation that started about the size of your body will likely not be about the size of your body at all. Your final affirmation may be something like, I need only to impress myself, or the world is a safe place to be. Make no mistake, it is about your weight, though, right? It it will be. This will affect your weight, because that's in the file that it is, but it's not going to be about your weight at all. So this is where we can really utilize the tool for how we can use the the gift of affirmations, the tool of affirmations, to really get to the bottom of that file and to really change and challenge and heal ourselves at the level of belief. We can release all the emotion. We can release the memories there. We can really heal at that level. And then when we change, as we know before, as we change what we believe, then we change our experience of reality. And if we change the belief that the world is, is, perhaps we change the belief that the world is a safe place. We've really gotten to that level. The world is a safe place and we can feel it. Then guess what happens to the world? We start resonating, right? We start attracting. We start co-creating from that level of belief. And then it starts showing up for us. Safety starts showing up. The old patterns start to change. If it's about money, Right then, then abundance starts to show up. Then jobs start to appear. Openings start to show up. Whereas before, we only felt closed doors because we have to change at the level of belief. And I'm going to do a show about money um, soon because it's it's coming up a lot in people's lives these days. And just to give you a, a sort of a precursor to that, uh, usually money is at the very very basis of that is going to be self worth. It's going to be about how much worth can you stand. What what were you taught about receiving? What were you taught about being open? What do you believe you deserve? Those are the levels or those are the beliefs that we are animating when we start talking about worthiness, when we start talking about money and value, and money specifically. So I hope you found this helpful. I want to reiterate that the real goal of an affirmation is to seek the shadow beliefs within ourselves and really bring them into the light. If you have any questions on this, if you have feedback on the show, please, please, please find us. We love getting feedback from everybody, and I really appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten. I'm really basing a lot of these shows on the feedback that we've gotten. If you want to do this work, if you have a call to want to explore this particular exercise further, you can find me at MindBodySpiritU. You can find all of us at MindBodySpiritU. Please share um, your feedback. I'm sorry I didn't take calls tonight. I am going to... 
maybe take note of all the questions that were asked in the chat room to get back to it on um, another show. If you have ideas for shows, if you feel like you'd be a good addition to the show, contact me. Mind, Body, Spirit, You. That's the letter U. Thank you all for listening, and have a great evening.